guys. We're back. Hey, we're back. We're back. You're listening to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. This is a podcast where we tell each other true scary stories. My name is Katie Wiggins. My name is Morgan Driscoll, and I'm ready to be spooked. Hell yes. So this is up to me to do the spooking Mm -hmm, today. mm -hmm. It's right smack dab in the middle of October. It's beautiful out, rainy, Mm -hmm. cold. Mm -hmm. Even in Texas. Uh, Yes, even in Texas. That is Dallas. Yes. And uh, I babysit, and the people that I babysit for went apple picking, so they got this huge, like, box of just real fresh, like, wonderful apples. So I've just been, like, slowly carving away at that pile. Make a strudel. (laughs) Well, they definitely have been, they like, applesauce, apple crumble, all this shit, you know, they're trying to, like, get rid of these apples. And I'm like, "Mm, yum, yum, yum. They are so good and so much better than what they have anywhere else. I love that. I bought a pumpkin. So I'm so. afraid to buy a pumpkin because it's, it's so warm here typically. I'm afraid Keep it inside. That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> I live in an apartment, I have no place to put it outside unless it's on my window ledge. And then oh, the stray cat across the backyard mm. will be able to enjoy it and that's all. So the scary story that I'm gonna be telling you. Uh, I'm actually going to be telling you multiple because I decided to uh, use celebrity ghost stories yes. as my little template, as my guide um, today. Ooh, this morning, you know what I really craved? Mm. A full English breakfast. I wanted a full English. I want some fat little sausages some just beans. crackling in their own fat. And I just want some nut beans. <laughs> Uh, and I want some 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 black pudding and some white pudding and some what's the other thing I like? I don't know a, a, a roasted little tomato. I'm not going to eat the tomato, but I'd like it, it to there. be on the plate. Some fried toast, which is just so much. Did you know that they fry toast? I did not know that. It's just like just toast it. Why do we, why are we frying did it? Everything on this plate it is and fried. Then fry it, or do they I just don't fry know. It? I think they just fry it. Really, the uh, an English breakfast is actively trying to kill you. So, be aware. Hey, that's the, our gig. The, the English Empire is over. It's not. It's killing you with every breakfast. <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, I really wanted that. That sounds nice. Uh, but instead, I had toast that was not fried. Mm-mm. We all have our not crosses worth. to bear. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> Somehow I manage. So, so okay, here we go. We're starting off with a story from Dan Cortez. Uh, he was the host of MTV Sports. That's why I've never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he showed up on the screen and I didn't recognize him. And Ian goes, Dan Cortez, MTV? And he was like, Dan Cortez, ho- former host of MTV Sports. And I was like, oh, MTV no. covered sports? <laughs> I didn't I know that either. I thought it was either. music television. Excuse me. Ba, 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 ba. Is that the... No. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a sports fan now. I've been to two <laughs> games this week. I'm a sports fan. I yelled at a guy on the street wearing an Astros cap. <gasps> I, I just went, Astro! And he went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah, it was fun. Fun little moment Stars for us. are doing great. Definitely. So... Dan Cortez. Well, his name is spelled C-O-R-T-E-S-E, so it makes me think Cortese. Cortese? 
Cortesi. Oh. So he's Italian, I would very much guess. He is the youngest of four kids. And, you know, I was a mother's boy. You know, I'm not ashamed to admit it. And I'm like, why should you have to be ashamed to admit that you yeah. love your mother? But that's fine. But he's just like, Toxic I'm the youngest. I love my mom. And uh, he also had an amazing relationship with his grandmother. This bird behind me it's is very really, it's, re- it's really taking it there. We're on the ground. <laughs> Um, he had a he had a close relationship with his mother and his grandmother, and his grandmother was an extremely sweet, wonderful grandma. They used to cook together, and she used to cook these massive meals for the whole family, which oh. just proved to me that she was Italian. Yeah, yeah. And um, he was—I shouldn't have laughed before what I'm about to say. He was 32 when she passed away. I was just—I th- was thinking about—I was thinking about we were walking on the street. And uh, I said, and I was talking to the little girl I babysit, and I mentioned that I was Italian because we passed by someone who said something in Italian. And then she was like, do Italians say Mamma Mia? And I was like, no. (laughs) No, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Laura. So, uh, used to cook together. He was 32 when she passed away. And he was always pained that he wasn't there to say goodbye to her. Oh. A few years after she passed away, he was going through a divorce. He had two kids with this woman that he was divorcing. He was just being torn apart by the fact that he was basically changing their childhoods forever. And he knew their lives would never be the same again. And he didn't think that his life could get any lower than that. But never challenge fate. (laughs) His friend was letting him stay in his guest house. Uh, and his friend was going on vacation, so he had like kind of the whole compound to himself. So he's staying there in the guest house alone. Next morning, after he stays there for the first time, he gets a call from his mother that she has something to tell him and that he should come over. He can tell that something is wrong. So they sit together in their house, and she says, matter of factly, I've got cancer. And he said he had never felt so helpless in his life. So they talk, and she's very practical about it, but he's obviously destroyed. And he's driving home from leaving his mother's house, and now it's like he's in the process of getting a divorce. He's just left his two kids at the mom's house. His work isn't going well. His mother has cancer. Everything is hitting the fan. Oh, my God. So he's sitting there, just like he's driven home. He's in his car. He's on the street. And he notices something. The lights in his guest house turn on. And he's like, are you fucking... Now I have to deal with a burglar? Like, (laughs) when it rains, it pours. So he's freaked out a little bit. He thinks someone is in there. Uh So he gets out. He walks up the driveway. And he goes to open the door. But it's still locked. So he unlocks it, walks in, and as soon as he closes the door, the lights go off. He turns them back on. He checks everywhere inside the house, making sure no one is inside. I would never do that. I would never do this. If I even vaguely suspected someone else was in the house. I'd call police. I'd I'd be like, okay, Shelly, I know we're getting a divorce, but... You've always known I was a coward, and I'm coming back tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. No. So, he doesn't find anyone. 
So he's just like, okay, I guess just some weird light stuff happening. No. no one's in this house. And he's exhausted from the news he's received that day and just from sleeping not in his own house. So he just gets in bed, gets his laptop, and starts looking for something to get for his mother. He Aww. finds uh, a rosary necklace. His mother's very Catholic. And uh, he finds a rosary that he thinks would be perfect for her. So he bookmark it. Bookmarks it. Booksmarks it. Ah. <laughs> bookmarks it. Marks it to with get, books. To get in the morning. And then he closes his laptop, goes to sleep. What a nice boy. He is a very nice young man. <laughs> what a nice young Italian boy. Goes home, finds his mother a rosary. Okay, honey. You're going to be okay. Such a good boy. He's such a good boy, Danny. <laughs> honey. So... <laughs> So he, why are you changing to Cortez? It's Cortezy, honey. You ashamed of us? Are you ashamed of us? Why are you ashamed, honey? Why you cut your hair so short? Why you cut your hair so short? I love your curls. Why you, why, why you want to take your curls away from everyone? I know he thinks it makes his face look small when he's got this little halo of curls. I don't think it does. It makes him look very handsome. My little cherub. <laughs> and he looks like that guy. <laughs> he he does have short hair and a narrow little face and i'm like i wonder if you've got some luscious mm-hmm. little curls if you let that just grow out a touch i bet in the 90s that shit was spiked let me find out i'm sure he was extremely active in the 90s yeah because when is that when he was on mtv must have been MTV. oh yeah here's a picture of him with um a skin tight D G. White Whoa. t-shirt, very baggy pants that are very rolled but still too long. He's got an orange glow about him. The, Dude, if the I ever doubted beard, this man was Italian before. White spiky hair. Dude, he has some nice hair. I was right. He shouldn't cut it short. It was nice. Yeah. Oh, he looks nice now. No. No, wait, is that that's not very I like recent. him better when he's got the crazy nineteen eight he was really, really handsome. This is maybe the two thousands. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does really not look this nice Fucking ripped. Yeah, he's very but ripped. he's that is an Italian boy. <laughs> okay, so I'm seeing a picture of him and what I assume was his first wife, because he's got two kids. They're a cute family. They're all, except for him, very blonde and white. So so we know he's got nice hair. Mm-hmm. Moving on. <laughs> I had to know. So I mean, so did I. Mm-hmm. So, so he's uh, he's got this rosary bookmarked, and he's asleep. It's the middle of the night, and he just he hears a voice in his room. Oh shit! He's freaked out. Looks around. There's no one there. He's scared, confused, and then in that moment of fear and confusion, he sees a figure at the end of his bed. (gasps) If I could choose a moment to make myself explode, (laughs) that would be that moment. (laughs) Self-destruct. That's when you bite your cyanide molar. (laughs) I knew this day would come. Oh, goodbye, Uh. cruel world. Uh, So the figure starts to materialize more clearly, and he realizes 
that it's his grandmother. <gasps> and he recognizes the white dress, similar to what she would have worn, and, and her apron, her blue apron that she always cooked in. And he recognizes her voice saying, it's okay, Danny. It's going to be okay. And she just keeps saying it. It's okay, Danny. It's going to be okay. Let your hair grow long. Just see what it, just see what it looks like. I just like what it looked like in the next. So what? So what? Now I'm pushy? Just give it a try. They're going to make, they make fun of you. They're not your real friends. Okay. What are they going to make what are they fun get? of what? Oh, Johnny Malone's going to jump off a bridge. You're going to jump off it with him? Mm-hmm. Just let your hair grow long and don't wear none of those stupid little headbands I've been seeing you in. Come on. You Dude. look good in neutral. Why do you why, why you got to wear these? Why you got to show everybody up? <laughs> do we know what he called his grandma? Is it a Grammy action? Some Mima? No, no, no. Italians That's, don't call their grandparents yeah. Mima. <laughs> uh, no. What do we got going no, on No, we don't know. We don't oh. we don't know what what he calls her. Um, he just refers to it as his grandmother. So he she just keeps reassuring him, Danny, it's going to be OK. And then uh, and then she disappears. So the next morning, right when he wakes up, he's like, I got to go tell my mom what happened. So he gets up dressed really quickly, opens the front door and there's a little box sitting on his front doorstep. He's like, well, too early for FedEx. What uh, what's going on yeah. here? He picks it up, opens it, and inside is a rosary necklace. <gasps> oh! He is freaked out. Oh! He had not told anyone that he was doing this. He had just thought about it, Googled it, and that was the end of it the night before. Doesn't know where it come came from. No one knew that he was thinking about doing this. I'm assuming this was before Amazon went ham. <laughs> like, nowadays, that's possible. I can assure you that this was before Amazon went ham. So he gets in his car, drives to his parents' house, I'm sure, in a total daze. Mm-hmm. He spills his guts to his mom. She's, like, calm as can be. And she's like, yeah, that's my mom. That's what <gasps> she always said to me, too. That was going to be okay. And, um, and then Dan <laughs> looks at the camera and he's like... And then I think to myself, was my grandmother right? Was everything okay? Well, I'm working three jobs, which is hilarious because in the entertainment industry, that's a positive. That means like you've got work yeah. coming, you're involved in a lot of projects. But in normal anything world, else. in it, literally anything else, that is a terrible sign. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was like, I've got three jobs. And it's like, don't say you're working a lot. Like you, you're yeah. in demand. So you've got a lot um, going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his kids are doing great. His personal life is better than it ever has been. Oh, and his good. mother's cancer is in remission. She's gone through <gasps> yes. five rounds of chemo. And now oh. her hair is coming back and she's she's in remission. And she is cancer free. It's a lovely little story, isn't it? I love that. Yeah. Well, grandmas are awesome. They sure can be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. can- <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so um, that's one story, but I that was just like the warm up story. That's so sweet. Yeah, sweet little warm up story to what is going to be a little more upsetting. 
good. So we meet up with Jillian Barbary. She is a comedic comedic actress and an NFL sportscaster. She she's just she's super pretty. Uh, oh, she is really pretty. Yeah. So. Is she Canadian? Yes. Oh my! I feel like okay. Don't every read any more about leads her. Leads to Canada. I'm not. I'm not. She's adopted, okay. and she never felt weird about it. She always thought she was special because of it, but she had no context at all about her parents or her lineage. So she was just kind of walking through the world with a blank slate, like she had no idea what she was. So one night, she's nine years old. She has a dream. She's having a terrible dream where she's walking to this old mansion and she's walking towards the front porch and a butler walks out of the front door with a silver platter with a cover on it and he's walking very slowly towards her and he's extremely old and skinny with an ill-fitting suit and his teeth are gray and disgusting. And it was this horrible gray face. Yeah. And that's when yeah. she noticed the bodies. All on the ground, twisted around her, are dead bodies. <gasps> she's terrified. She's trying. She start, And Ugh. then he is walking towards her and starts to walk over the bodies towards her. <gasps> Jesus. She goes to scream, but nothing comes out. So she starts running. He starts chasing her. He's gaining on her. And then she wakes up hyperventilating, can barely breathe. And then the bedroom door opens. And a silver platter appears in her bedroom. It was the (laughs) butler. It was the butler with the tray. But this time it was not a dream. It was real. So he's walked out of her dream into her reality. And she just knew that it was evil. He went to the end of her bed, lifted the tray, and there was an axe on the tray. And he he said that she would be next. Oh my God. (laughs) She said this and I was like... I'm sorry, you and you've just lived your life like you've just been like sports casting like you with this like this in your fucking Impl- past. Activate implosion, <laughs> <laughs> self destruction. No, I would not. No, that'd be anyone who knew me after that. That's all they know about me. That's all I talk about. I wouldn't be able to get a job because I wouldn't shut up about it. I had it. a dream once, a terrible I, dream. I'm next. It was next. They'll take me next, they said. It was a dream, but it was real. And that's just how we'd talk forever. Like, 23 yeah. years old, that's how I talk. That'd be I it. can't move yeah. past that bullshit. No. no. So she, go- she goes under her covers. Right. And then she sees a, a glow. And then she hears a light woman's voice saying, You're all right, Colleen. You're protected. Aww. And she looks up over her covers and she sees a beautiful woman with light auburn hair in white. (gasps) She didn't feel scared anymore. And the woman repeated, don't worry, Colleen, you're protected. 
She had no idea who she was. She didn't know what Colleen meant. Her name is Jillian. But she oh, felt <laughs> she felt comfortable going back to sleep after that. For the next three years, she would have many of these types of experiences. She oh, had good regular nightmares like anybody else, but other things would happen that were definitely more paranormal. And whoever this horrific being in her dreams would be would inevitably end up coming out, coming through her bedroom door, which is just beyond, that is beyond what I can imagine. That's insane. I can't, that's Yes. That's horrible. That's It just goes to show you have no idea what people go through. Like, you have no Ugh. idea when you meet Ugh. someone, the shit that they've been yeah. through. If they've got someone coming out of their goddamn dreams. Yeah. Yes. It's like, um, it's like, what is it? It's not, is it Friday the 13th or Halloween? Which one is the one where it's the mm. dream Freddy Krueger? Which one is, oh, that's Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th? Yes. Yeah. It's like Friday the 13th, but it's fucking real. Yeah, they're redoing Halloween. Oh, they're they're doing a new one. Yeah, with um, Jamie Lee Curtis. I have a Halloween T-shirt. <gasps> it's dope. <laughs> um, okay. Where? So she's going through it. Uh, so this is, this is happening semi regularly. But every time that creature thing gross evil something and i have no idea what this could be comes through the door she sees the apparition of the red-headed woman saying you're okay colleen you're protected and this is in the same house yes mm. and it goes away mm. i have no explanation for i don't I can only think evil spirits. I don't maybe some kind yeah. of crazy like past life Trump. Maybe there's something evil in her past life. I I've no, I've no. Yeah. I I don't have an explanation for that. That is yeah. absolutely. I think there's insane. something evil in that house. Unless it follows her, then it might just be something evil attached to her. I don't know. But by yes, we can agree on that. <laughs> by age twelve, dreams like that stopped. She was never felt really frightened again, never saw the woman again. And it took years for her to understand how it all made sense and how it all formed her life. So all through, so all through her 20s, she started her career. She moved from Montreal to Miami. Uh, and she finally, after she had some money, I think, under her belt, she finally decided to call a detective to look into her lineage Cool. And four weeks later, he was able to find her parents. So he gave her the phone number of her father. Mm. And she, can you imagine making that fucking call? Ugh. So- <laughs> self-destruct. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of moments you would self-destruct. <laughs> I probably just... Most moments. I have trouble calling my fucking phone service carrier like i have trouble oh calling the doctor i'm not no, gonna call my, my father say, who Morgan, i've never just met just call those people and ask them i'm like <gasps> i quit <laughs> <laughs> i will be here for the next two hours as i collect the things on my desk mm-hmm. i will be leaving thank you <laughs> so much um 
So she gets the phone number of her dad and she calls and a man answers and she says, hi, is this Vincent Michael? And he said it is. And um, Jillian says, I said, well, this is going to be the strangest call you ever receive. And then she starts like getting really emotional and she says, and he said, should I sit down? And I said, yes. And then he said, is it you? And I said, yes. And then she's crying when she's talking about this. Really beautiful. And she said that they had the most amazing four-hour conversation. Oh. And uh, he told her all about her mother and her other sisters that they had had more children uh, a while after they had given her up for adoption, but that her mother him and her mother were no longer together they were divorced and she was married to someone else so not long after her not long after she and her mother exchanged a letter and she didn't want to call her mom she wanted to handle it a little more gingerly so she as she was living in california at the time and she flew her mom out to california to meet her okay so her mama walks through the door and she's just like full panic crazy excitement but this is crazy 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 experience can't even imagine seeing your mom for the first time your blood your biological mother for the first Mm -hmm. time and the woman walks in and says colleen are you my colleen and she was just so freaked out and she and her mom explained her mom is irish and she said colleen is a term of endearment for irish girls huh And uh, you're a sweet little Colleen, my Colleen. And it was mind blowing for her because she had not heard that until since she'd seen that woman. So they hugged and she felt comforted and warm and wonderful. And her mother told her that when she was born, she was able to hold her for five minutes before they took her away. And she said, and I would imagine this is in Ireland. And she said that the doctor said to her that this baby has the light, which is something that no doctor here in would America, no. say. <laughs> <laughs> also, typically, I think if you're giving a baby up for adoption, at least here, they don't give the mother the baby. Oh, really? Like, after she births it, usually they just send the baby on its way. Because they don't want the mom, like, I don't know. Uh, I have very... no idea. I've, I've heard people who are adopted say that, but I don't know if that's how it always is. Mm. So. So, he says, this baby has the light. And that meant, when apparently that means that this baby is being watched over by St. Bridget of Kildare. <laughs> I love Ireland. Uh, and, I love uh, that. This baby's being watched over by St. Bridget of Kildare, who watches over children without parents children in need and her mother believed that she would be watched over by saint bridget and then it just clicked it occurred to her she's just sitting on the couch while her mom is telling her all this and she's suddenly it's making sense that the red-headed beautiful glowing woman always there to protect her was saint bridget of kildare who protects children without parents (laughs) That's amazing. Isn't that unbelievable? That's insane. 
Right. And oh, she, so she, she never told her mom about this because she didn't want her mom to know that she had had these horrible nightmares. Oh. And she didn't want her mom to think that like she had had a in any way a worse life because she had given her up because it was so hard for her to give her up yeah but she knew that saint bridget was always there watching over her well i feel (laughs) like if she didn't have her parents saint bridget wouldn't have been there and if she would have still had those nightmares she would have been there you go screwed (laughs) there (laughs) you go oh so so, so fun isn't it beautiful and it made me i studied abroad in ireland uh for those of you who don't know because why would you you don't have my academic transcript um for a few months in the summer about two or three years ago it was a wonderful beautiful experience and um it just just reading all about this and then researching saint bridget and all that stuff made me pick up my uh i was like I took an Irish literature course when I was out there. So I was like, ooh, I want to read some James Joyce or I want to read some Edna O'Brien or just someone. So I've been reading The Country Girls by Edna O'Brien, which is a wonderful, wonderful little novel. Um, I recommend it to everyone. If you'd like a little bit of Irish realism, um, which (laughs) prepare to be sad. If you do, <laughs> most stories don't end with St. Bridget of Kildare saving you from all the evils. Damn. Yeah, they end with a dead mother. Oh, oh no. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was... <laughs> those are my spooky stories to tell. Um, that was so from touching. celebrity ghost stories, yeah. About how we're all truly protected. Whether it be by our grandparents and parents or by uh, a saint who died a in red-headed stranger 525 AD in Ireland <laughs> that's insane that's crazy that is truly insane I would have never thought I've never really believed in patron saints that much no. like I've ne- I have occasionally prayed to Saint Anthony to revit when I've lost to things yes. <laughs> even even me I'm like god Anthony, help me with my keys. Come on. <laughs> That's Come on, so dog. <laughs> funny. I never really gave much thought to patron saints, which is hilarious no. because uh, Protestants think we're all worshiping Crazy. statues yeah. and have like a fucking little figu- figurine of, of Mary under our pillows. I never but. thought about it because most people I knew growing up were Catholic. And then I started dating Roger and he grew up Protestant. His family's Baptist. And he's like, patron saints so how many do you have how many do i have i'm sorry i have one for literally every possible thing i might want patron saint of brewing there's also angels and archangels and i've got a whole fleet all right i've got a lot going on protestants it's just like have your cold bibles and your cold pews (laughs) and you sit alone and think about how you could suffer more if you really tried That's a lot of the Catholic. <laughs> no, we have beautiful music and art. The Protestants were not a fan. Not a fan. That's true. I I never really got on board with the whole Saint Angel thing, but I guess in some aspects it's just really old ghosts, really powerful spirits. Definitely. And I'm on board I, with that. It's like I, I believe totally in that. believe that there's a hierarchy 
of beings in the beyond yeah. and i've always believed in angels always i've always drawn angels my mom thought that i was psychic when i was little because i would draw a bunch of angels with swords and like i she was like how did you know that they have swords and i'm just like violent little angels with their little <laughs> swords and shields archangel michael will kill you in battle like <laughs> I drew these little these, Katie. All the, yeah, I'm literally six, seven years old, and I'm just like, give him a sword and some wings. <laughs> it's an angel. <laughs> and they're like, why do you think he has a sword? Because like, he does. Duh, to fight the demons. <laughs> uh, no, I, lo- I love the I love the angels. They've all got great names except for Metatron. Are you? Is that real? That's real. <laughs> Jesus. It's like Michael, Raphael, Uriel, Metatron. <laughs> who names the angels? Are they people? They're not people who are alive and then they're, they were always no, angels. I think the angels, I think, well, this kind of gets deep into weird. So so here's my beliefs. Weird. Okay. Okay. Feel, feel free to, if you feel this is off the rails in any sense, feel free to cuddle up to your Bible or whatever religious text you find more comforting. But I feel that we are all on earth, or we're all on earth because... <laughs> we're uh, all on earth, and that's my belief. <laughs> uh, You're not wrong. We're, we're all on, in different... Uh, it's almost like we're we're all in different grades. Like if it's like from pre-K to like okay. like graduating from high school or college, like everyone's soul is at a different level of de- of development, and you okay. have lessons that you have to learn in each st- in each lifetime in each stage of development to be able to move to the next. And some people are really really young in early in their development, and they have a lot of trouble with. Um, they have a lot of trouble with a lot of things that most people find common sense. They find have they struggle. They just haven't learned those lessons. They don't. They like to see the world in a binary: good and evil, black and white, no ambiguity. I don't want to. They sort of feel like the whole world gets a joke that they don't get. So they want to stay close in their little communities and not mm. really just like just like if you put a a preschooler in a in a, a a little kid in preschool for the first time they're overwhelmed and they don't mm-hmm. they feel a little too this is too much and then souls learn lessons and age and and become higher and higher in the in the learn all the lessons that they need to learn until finally they reach a point of they've learned all the lessons they need to learn from life it's it's like the journey of the tarot the the fool's journey and they eventually have learned everything they need they have understood everything they could from the world and all what human experience can give and then they can move on to a higher like level of existence and being and i think that angels i feel like some angels have probably just like been around for like millennia and they've just like always been higher and then others are like you get there after like a bunch of lifetimes and then you eventually ascend <laughs> Is I that like too much? That. <laughs> Is that crazy? <laughs> Did no. I lose everyone? No. Should I it, not have no. talked about my worldview? <laughs> no, no. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I think I it just that. explains when you're like struggling with some family members and you're like, what? how do you just not understand? That? And it's like, you know what? They're too young. They're not there like, yet. they may be much older than you, but they're too young. Like, they just cannot 
They just can't. And I think it helps understanding and not being so aggressive to people that you feel just cannot get something. You're like, you know what? Oh, yeah. And And it really doesn't have anything to do with intelligence. You can be really, really smart and still... Be really be young in your development, and yeah. um, and you can be not that necessarily smart, and be really high up in your development. You ever know people that are just like they have like an aura of calm about them all the time? Like they just feel yeah. like they just seem like they have more perspective than most people. Yeah, just people that are just like, listen, that's not that's no big deal. That doesn't matter. Like. That's not what matters here. I'm There's like some people ventilating over an email. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those people get it. Well, maybe that's your mission in this lifetime <laughs> to to overcome your anxiety and to uh, yeah, yeah to learn whatever you can. But anyway, I sorry. love that. I, I didn't no, mean to get into I think that. It's beautiful. <laughs> okay. I feel like I've cool. A lot here. <laughs> You're welcome, audience. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading a lot of tarot lately, so I'm like very in the spiritual realm. I feel like I very that. loosely tethered to earth. And uh, I recently That's have been amazing. doing research into like um, basically where I am in my journey and where sort of like what my kind of soul type is. Um, <sighs> And it's and it and it seems like I'm a, a spiritualist type with like strong performer uh, gifts and yeah it's interesting because in the spiritualist thing it's like you will make like uh, you have never doubted that there is an afterlife and you make that like you make spiritualism a part of your life in a big way and I was like I have a ghost podcast for Christ's yeah. sake. <laughs> I love talking about the beyond. Um, but yeah. I, but if, if any of you are curious about this and what I've said, um, I have some literature. <laughs> <laughs> I have some pamphlets. <laughs> I do have something if you want to sign up for my email chain. Uh, I can get I you. I have a newsletter. Um, oh, I would love That'd that. That'd be amazing. But, <laughs> but uh, a lot of this I got from, uh, what's his name? Ainsley... Oh, it's Ainsley something. He's... Adams? No. The photographer? N- no. <laughs> oh, what's it? Hold on. I've got his name right up here. He, he, he. Ainsley McLeod. Ainsley McLeod. Oh. And he's got a book called uh, the, uh, da, 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 the Instruction. And it's about your soul's path and your journey and your missions in this lifetime and what your soul oh. type is. And on his website, you can take a quiz to see what your soul type <gasps> is. Um, and I think it's really interesting. So... Check it out. You should absolutely. I'll send you a link. Definitely. Okay. So um, so let's talk about Pet Cemetery. All right. All right. I watched it last night, so it would be very fresh on my mind, and I've got a lot of opinions. So did I. I was thinking we could do a one-minute recap because this one is long and crazy. (sighs) And I feel yeah. I did it for the first. I did it last time, so you're gonna do it now. Oh my god. I don't know if mine's gonna be as frantic as usual. That's oh, it'll it'll oh be something. God. Okay, here I'll I'll just set a one minute timer. How does that okay, sound? Yeah. And then it'll go off. Yeah. Okay, Pet Cemetery. One minute recap. Go. 
All right, so they move into this house. It's cemetery with an S, not a C, because children. And they've got this old man who lives across the street, and he's for some reason their new best friend, and he's always at their events. And don't pay attention to the kid. Just let him go into the street. He dies. But first, the cat dies, and he buries it, and he's like, ah, we're going to take it to the cemetery. And they bury it in the, the, the micmac knick-knack burial ground and it's back to life and he's a scary cat and now his ears are kind of pointy and the kid's got a scalpel (laughs) be afraid reusing of actors uh 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 the wife obviously has psychological drama and she's (laughs) she's been through it and she's a harsh woman nobody's a good actor except for the little kid (laughs) and the cat and maybe the old man and the cars are going wicked fast. Seven, six, and five, uh, four, three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was very nice. And I agree with many points. Okay. Let me right. see if. Oh, let me see if I can collect myself. Okay. No, I guess I can't. You didn't have time to. I can't. Okay. Three, right. two, one. Woo. Okay, we've got a doctor and his young, beautiful wife uh, and his uh, little girl and his tiny little toddler boy and a little cat named Church, and they move to rural Maine. And this is definitely Maine, folks. It's got a weird fucking feeling to it. This is not Western Massachusetts. This is Maine. And there's an old man across the street, and he's like, oh, this road tends to use up animals. They all get buried in the pet cemetery. And and uh, there's a crazy, the, the road is like truckers go crazy on this road, and it kills their son. And he finds out that the the old man wants to test out that uh, and nobody can accept death in this movie that's what this movie is about nobody can accept death so he brings back the little boy to life but he's changed better leave watch dad dad and there's a spirit of a kid that he that the doctor couldn't save and he's trying to help them but but the doctor just goes off the rails and his wife dies but he tries to bring her back and then she kills him because they really just can't accept death until he really really accepts death at the end three two one that was really good (laughs) you covered it all i forgot about the girl i i want to forget about the girl Oh, <laughs> I hate that little child. Really? She? You're right. She was <sighs> the only really good actress. Um, but the old man was pretty great. I liked him a lot. Yeah, he was wonderful. Yeah, you better get that cat spared. Spade cat don't wonder. She's this was go the first. That road, run out of his luck. This is the first Stephen King movie of this that Rogers sat down and watched with me, mm-hmm. and I was like. Of all the movies that we've seen so far, dude, this, this might not have been the one to start. Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery is like is to Stephen King what Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is to J.K. Rowling. As in, you can tell it was written in a depressive, anxious state. <laughs> like the yeah. writer was not happy in this world. So I looked it up. On Wikipedia. And in 1978, uh, Stephen King returned to his alma mater, the University of Maine at Arano, Arano, to teach for a year. And the him and his wife and his kids rented a house on a busy road in Orrington. And the road had claimed the lives of a number of pets and the neighborhood children had created a pet cemetery in a field near King's home. And the his their family cat... Naomi buried her, his daughter Naomi buried her cat Smucky there after it was hit, and shortly thereafter, their son Owen had a close call running towards the road. So, oh, man. so King wrote the novel based on their experiences. 
but feeling he had gone too far with the subject matter of the book, he discarded the idea of having it published, particularly since his wife and friend, friend Peter Straub agreed Pet Cemetery was too dark and unenjoyable to be published. <gasps> And then he said, never mind, it's perfect. Well, the subs, uh, <laughs> but he had a book contract and and he had oh, one he more book to... left to, to submit for that year. So he was just like, fuck it, take this, see if you can handle it. Oh my God. And the success of the book made King note how both Americans and British readers liked it, despite him considering Pet Cemetery too bleak in how it just spirals down into darkness. It seems to be saying that nothing works and nothing is work it, worth it, and I don't really believe that. So Stephen King is literally like, this book is too much. Like, this is... The, and, and he's right, because... That's a lot. The book's this, a lot. The movie and the book, I imagine... haven't read the book. Have you read Pet Cemetery? Yeah, a long time ago. It, and in the movie trailer for the 89 movie, it's... It says it's the most popular Stephen King book ever at that hmm. point, which I don't know when it came out, but it know. is, it's haunting. I mean, if the actors were any better, which is, they're redoing it, it's coming out in 2019. Oh, I think God. that might be actually chilling and scary. Have you seen, I think I sent you the trailer. I, yeah. No, I saw the trailer. It, it was looks, fucking dope. Yeah. Although the old man in it does not have a main no. accent and that's very upsetting to me. Yeah. But yeah, the minute the old man came onto the screen, I was like, this might be a shitty movie because it's notoriously bad, but he's gonna make it all right. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's gonna be okay. Bad dad, all about a left dad. A bad soul is stonier than any and soul. And gone sour. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love him. He basically talks it. as if his mouth is just pushing out his bottom teeth. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so oh. what I what I was fascinated about is this movie is how there is no redemption. There's no redemption. No redemption. But the the lesson is essentially like you have to accept death. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to accept it because if you don't, terrible things will happen. And it was even really beautiful when the old man said, like, once you get past death, then the good memories start kicking mm-hmm. in, and you can just. Be yeah, but he's also the first one that was like, let's he's bury the cat in the and also in the pet cemetery. Without consent, bring someone else's cat back to life. He might have known it's the doctor might have known at some point what was happening. He might have felt it, but he never said, yes, I would like to do this. I no. would like to bring my cat back to life, sir. <laughs> That's that? a mean road. Uses up cats and dogs. Uh, so in the family themselves, dad is named Lewis, the old man is named Judd, the little girl's named Ellen, the cat's named Church, the mom, we never, I don't know what the fuck her name is. Oh, Rachel. Oh, yeah. I remember thinking, you're not a Rachel. Yeah, you don't look like a Rachel. (laughs) And then, uh, and then the little boy who dies is named Gage. Um, I, and then there's that old, like, housekeeper, Missy. Yeah. Who's just like, oh, you married a doctor. Guess I'll never be lucky. And then she's just like, okay, well. She's very main woman. Thanks for the laundry. <laughs> yeah. I fucking loved her character. I, I thought she was it. also a really nice actress. Yeah, she was good. The main people were good. 
Not the yeah, main they actors. Really would. The not the main actors. Not the main actors, but the no. main people the were excellent. There was only two. It was Judd the and... maniacs, which they do not appreciate being called. Oh, they don't like being called maniacs? I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. They'll never find right. me. Let's start from the beginning. Great. So we got one of the first of the I don't know if this would even be the inciting incident. I guess the inciting incident happens. No. I'm trying to think back to my screenplay class. So first we've got this. The first like big thing that happens is, uh, well, they move. There's a yeah. move. And then the we've got. The kid starts whining a- from the beginning. <laughs> I just like to say this little girl never stops whining. Hey, she's got reason to whine. That's she's true. She's in May. So the- <laughs> So she's simply adapting to the culture. No, they're not a whining people. No, and not. and um, the first thing that happens is this doctor is going to be at the university, which I don't really get. I'm like, do, does the university just like have I a hospital? Like, what? Yeah, how does I don't that, how does that get work? That. Um, but a kid gets hit by a truck, or a, a college student gets hit by a truck. What's his name? It's a French Pascal. name, Pascal. Pascal. And he gets his head all sliced open. That looks and, bad. And uh, it's gross, dude. It's like some real fucking special effects. When as they in, brought like, him in, I thought it was one of those 80s, like, when they stage a car crash in front of a high school and it's very fake and bloody. And they're yeah. like, this is what happens when you drink and drive, kids. And I was like, yeah. Badger, it's fake. <laughs> it's very fake. Oh my god! So when we played the movie with the very slow intro of the pet cemetery and whatever, the very Stephen King intro, our audio wasn't working, and I had this whole discussion about this is very different for Stephen King. He always takes the opportunity for or some sort of spooky like orchestral like whatever. I kept going into why is it silent, and then our audio just wasn't working. <laughs> Yes. So All then Pas- Pascal ends up following the, uh, the, uh, Lewis around and basically being like, you're going to fuck up your life. And a I'm going to narrate that. The soil of a man's heart, Estonia. He's like, what? Pardon? Oh, okay. And then keep in mind this doctor, this actor that plays Lewis never reacts to anything no. i think he could be the best actor in the world if he was half good at reacting to anything well that's and then acting when he goes crazy, is he's reacting as cold. they say uh, he's no, the best he, like stone cold nothing face i've he ever was, seen so if he could do anything and then go there no he wasn't connecting great i could tell no, he was horrible. so uh then they discover that there is a path behind their house and the old man Judd, who you're right, just is this old man who suddenly becomes their grandpa. Like, mm-hmm. okay, welcome to the family, Judd. Uh, <laughs> he's Johnny he's like, I'll go down to the pet cemetery, and then he takes them all down to the pet cemetery, and uh, and and he's like, oh, they buried all their cats and dogs. Yeah, eats up a lot of cats and dogs. And then the mom is like, this is terrible. Why is it a good thing for kids to bury their pets? And then he's just like, well, the kids gotta learn about death somehow. And she goes, why? And it's like, mama, you are inviting some lessons to be learned. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, bring, give me my baby. And then there's this moment between Judd and the father where he looks at her like, 
control your woman. <laughs> and he's like, eh, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want to talk it's about not. death, weirdo. Uh, and then he fucking corners Ellen and is like, <gasps> that was do you great. know what a cemetery really is? Well, no, I guess No, not. I guess <laughs> It's a place where the dead speak. And she's like terrified. But then she like steps away. But then her dad comes up and like stands behind her and puts his hands on her shoulders like, like, go on, old man. Traumatize her. And he's like, oh, I don't mean like that. Oh, no, of course not. But then I, I love Ellie because she's so fucking nihilistic and intense whenever he's like, well, what if church dies out there? And she's like. Well, sometimes God needs to take, you know, and she's like, God can get his own cat. And it's like, whoa, you are that. so metal, Ellie. It's fucking metal. <laughs> uh, da, 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 I, yeah, da. I don't. The burial is not meant to be crossed. As far as your dad is concerned, I'll never be a member of this family. So the family goes off to Thanksgiving, but apparently, like, the dad is not invited. Like, she, like this blonde woman his wife yeah. and I'm like how the fuck could you have an issue with this white bread doctor that your daughter married uh, yeah he has no personality What's not the issue? at all he's the ideal person to give your daughter away to in marriage like sh- he's literally yeah. blank he's how could he he's how could he slate. possibly offend you <laughs> yeah. um, so he's alone in the house they go off for Thanksgiving and church dies and i'm like y'all keep the fucking cat in the fucking house how fucking hard is it well so church dies and then uh and then they're like well i'm just gonna bury it in the pet cemetery and then it's like no room filled up with bodies so then he's like i'll take you there's a place beyond and he's like but i'll break my neck out there and he's like you oh my won't. god! And then they do the most. He's a goddamn doctor. He should know falling in a pile of twigs won't break his. Yeah, neck. but he almost breaks his neck by tumbling down. It was two feet of hill. nonsense. It was a long time. Also, very gross. Like the movie is very not. It's not great with the acting, but every now and then it gets you with the gross factor. Like when the cat died and he picked it up off the ground and it was kind of frozen to the ground. And the sound that it made when he picked it up. It's not great. But then they do the most main thing on earth is that the old man says, it's just beyond there. And then they go on a gratuitous hike. Like they. They go on a Lord of the Rings three movie They really. He's like, they're like, they're on rocks at some point. I'm like, are we. It's just like. Yeah, Roger was like, Jesus uh, Christ, where is it? How is this old man so Just beyond that. We just have to summit this mountain. Like they. It was. It was a gratuitous hike to carry a fucking cat. And this man is in better shape than me. This old man. Oh, he's a man. Roger. I think. Old Mainers have some sort of mystical power in Stephen King novels where they're always fast and get Well, they don't drink. Beans. Well, no, he definitely drinks. He mm. drinks a lot of Budweiser. <laughs> buddy. Buddy boy. You need a glass? No. Ah, my man. It's like, what? Like, what are you? Shut the fuck up. It's not fucking CNFP's cool. To, city dweller. Yeah. Oh, I need to drink my beer out of a glass. Might as well give me a tutu. Yeah, I want my... <laughs> Budweiser in a glass. Yeah, please. please. So I can enjoy the flavors of a (laughs) Budweiser. Yeah, I really want to just. Okay, so Mm. barrier was not meant to be crossed. As far as your dad is concerned, Indian burial ground after a truly gratuitous hike. (laughs) 
And then they bury it. And it's this really, I thought it was really fun and really otherworldly when they zoomed out. And it's like this crazy circular like markings. I'm like, ooh, that shit does look haunted as fuck. That shit was awesome. Yeah. A lot of stone circles. Yeah. And then he's he's like, what did we do to here tonight? What did we do? And and then he's just like, Josh Liebertron. So then. But when they call. Don't tell them what we did here today. Okay. So then church comes back. Changed. And the cat is back to life, but he's like not as fun, more evil. Yeah. His eyes always have a glow. Yeah. They're like reflective always. And then he's like, has anyone ever buried a person up there? And then he just knocks over like three Budweiser bottles. Oh, no. Definitely not. And it's like, okay. You could have just gone from there and said, no. Yeah, but it's it didn't work out. Yeah, but don't even think about it. And uh I was watching it with my boyfriend and my friend Chloe, and Ian was like, just replace the cat, asshole. Just go yeah. get another Russian blue from Boston. They're gone for right? Thanksgiving. Just drive and get one. That, yeah. Or just have her deal with death. Yup. I'm always <laughs> in favor of that. Like, yeah. I have some family members that keep things. They're like, oh, well, our great uncle died, but we're just going to tell her it's his birthday party until a few more days. Have pa-. And I'm like, no. Like, wh- no, why do you do that? Like, it doesn't make anything better. There's no reason. It's more for them than for the other person because they don't want to have to have that discussion. Interesting. Yeah. They're like, well, just shield them, shield them, shield them. And it's like, dude, no, that's not going to make it any less painful when they encounter <clears throat> it. Mm-hmm. So. Just make it worse. Just replace the cat, asshole. And then Stephen King appearance. Ding, 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 ding. We've got a cameo. Oh, but, but, okay. So the reason we have a Stephen King cameo is it was the the nanny, right? Yeah, it was Missy, the one who's got tummy pain. She has tummy pain, but she would not let the doctor take a look at it because she's very mean. And she said, well, it just goes away. God. So I'm fine. And she wrote a note saying, I'm sure I have cancer. Sorry. Or, or Missy or something like that. And then hangs herself. Jesus. So she thinks she had, like, stomach cancer? She thought she didn't. She didn't even check. She didn't go to a doctor. She's just, I'm sure I have cancer and I don't want to go through it. So I'm killing myself. Well, I think she hung herself in their basement. No. In the... She... Hung herself in a basement, and they didn't clarify. I don't think she hung herself in their basement. I hope not. No. That'd be rude. That's Missy, just don't. Pet cemetery suicide. Also, note. I'd like to point yes. out that the actress who played Missy also played the psychological um, main focal point of Rachel's trauma. Wait, say just sorry. To- say that again. So the actress that played Missy, the nanny, mm-hmm. played Rachel's sister. No, the the one who played Rachel's <gasps> sister is, is a man. A really? Yeah, because they couldn't. It they couldn't. Like the they couldn't find a woman as bony. Oh my god! That looked just like the nanny. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So oh, the it says, "I am sure I have cancer. I cannot face the pain. Sorry." I thought it said sorry. Her, she had very shaky cursive 
very like my grandma's cursive. It was intestinal cancer and she couldn't handle the pain. God. So we figured that out. Uh, and it's her funeral that Stephen King is the pre is the uh, priest or preacher or whoever that's uh, doing it. And it was fucking awesome. I got up and I had a drink. And Finally, Stephen King appearance. Stephen King. Ding, ding, ding. And then ding, I wrote, ding. build a goddamn fence is what I'm saying. I love that Jed yeah. is their new grandpa. So they're all having a picnic together in their backyard, which is just a mistake. Never, never try to enjoy. Yeah. But I'm just like, well, it's build like a fucking side fence. Front yard. Mm-hmm. Build a fence. Mm-hmm. Or don't let your kids lose. Or pay attention to oh. put that kid in a fucking stroller because yeah. you know that road is crazy. Why would you? So they get, they have a kite and they're having a fun time. Mm-hmm. They give the toddler kid a kite and he says, run, run with it. Mm. towards the road <laughs> why would you run with the i'm not a kite person i wouldn't let someone just run off with but it but then the kite handle blows into the wind close and closer to the road and then the dad everyone's just like laughing and looking at each other and even like half of the people like on the picnic bench are watching him get closer <clears> to the road <throat> and so he starts running right when this gigantic uh 18 wheel uh, what's it called big rig is racing down the road so fast like 90 miles an hour and then i'm just like build a speed bump uh you can get a speed bump put in they did that in front of my house um i've driven going from houston to lubbock i've driven past many of the like country roads where it's 65 75 and everyone's going 90 and you see houses every now and then like yeah that's that's that but with an 18 wheeler Mm -hmm. So this kid is out in the street and then Judd is screaming for them to run and then the dad runs but then he falls at the last minute and the kid, he would have been at least decapitated if not just like explode in like a, in like yeah. a blood powder. Like he's not, yeah. like that car was going so fast. Very fast. Um car flips yeah so and the car flips so it's like is this kid made out of steel like what the hell yeah why did the car flip it looks like it flipped right where it hit the kid too uh so the little boy dies and then they're at the funeral that part actually made me kind of emotional really yeah it it went from zero to a hundred real fucking it fast did. i i thought we- that the dad was a good actor and he was such an asshole <clears throat> the the grandpa yeah the the, yeah. the real grandpa mm-hmm. uh the one who has a townie funeral fight mm-hmm. that was pretty awesome yeah I, they're not townies they don't live there but it, i mean they're not from there but it was still fun to just be like and we've got another yeah. fight yeah. like like, like the, needful things the father for his son you died. child killer and he just Cursed fucking him out, attacks him, him in the face and then the little tiny coffin like falls to the ground and he can see his little hand fall and, goes, and it's just, just like I think that's ah! when he snapped. I think he was he was I th- I think it was supposed to be he was a normal actor and then once the sun dies he's stone cold no expression. But that's how the actor was the entire movie. <laughs> so the transition was a little hard to read. Yeah, but after that he I feel lost like, it. Yeah, this was a little out of his depth. Uh Yeah. But um but he's like, 
He's like to Judd, like, well, we can just bury him. And he's like, you're thinking of thoughts ought not to be thought of. Mm-hmm. But then it's necromancy time, bitches, is what I wrote. <laughs> and so he carries the body all the way on that gratuitous hike, all the way up the mountain to the... What the hell is the sound behind me? Oh, my Lord. Is it a siren? It sounds like someone's playing bagpipes. <gasps> good. Oh, never a good sign. Pipes gone sour. Somebody's gonna die. So, necromancy time, bitches. So then, buries the kid. It comes back evil. Well, I the love body that when is it comes back, fully intact. Yeah, the body is not injured even slightly it's just like blue yeah and it's i couldn't take the last half of the last part of this movie seriously because the little boy He's the cutest. was so cute every time i saw him i went oh and he comes back and he's like, he's in a little like velvet top hat and like a okay. sweet little like little boy dress. And he's just like, hello. Okay, so. I'm going to kill you. So when. <laughs> so the funeral happens and then the mom decides to take the kids to her parents' house to kind of grieve and get away from the place. And mm-hmm. we haven't touched on her psychological drama. Oh, it shouldn't have been touched on at all. I, th- I think Ugh. that B story should have been cut. But, but she when she was the kid was is having like premonition dreams that shit's going down, and so the mom's yeah. calling him, and there's this horrible portrait behind her, and it's what the kid's wearing, what Gage is wearing when he comes back. It's that top hat and that little. Oh. Do you remember seeing that? Because we were saying that's the yes. ugliest painting, and I want it so bad. What an obscure painting to have, but. Yeah, she, okay, so Rachel, when she was eight years old-ish, her parents mm-hmm. left town, and they had her take care of her sister, who, I don't recall what illness she had. Spinal meningitis, mm-hmm. but I looked it up, and that's not what happens when you get spinal meningitis. <laughs> her sister's bony, and she's got, like, a hospital gown that exposes her backbones, and she's twisted, and... A little bit off. And All the pictures I saw of people with spinal meningitis were just drawings of normal people going, ooh, <laughs> stiff neck. Like, it it wasn't... This is this, some like, nightmare. I mean, it does. It can kill you, but I, it doesn't, like... Make your face hollow Make and you gray malnourished and, and make insane. you look like a male actor with a wig. Yeah. Uh, which is exactly what we saw. <laughs> it was creepy when it turned around and it moved really fast. Her just sister. like, I feed me. <laughs> I'm 20 years old. Um, and it's just, I'm and coming then she, for you, Rachel. I'll get yeah, you so too. she's just like super traumatized by that. Um, which just proves as, her like, parents a little girl. are assholes. Because they made her take care of it. Yeah. She died. With, just like... Yeah. She has a lot of guilt was, from her dying because she wanted her to die. Um, I just wrote, this baby is too, too cute. cute. It's like and a then he, he's just like this little evil thing and he kills Judd. And it's like these tiny little muddy footprints That's into his so house, cute. which I love. And Judd has just got a knife and he's like, come out, I don't, little boy. He knows what's going to happen. I don't know why he went in the house. I would have just stayed out and waited. Yeah, I would have burned down the uh, house oh, like they did idea. before yeah. when the the yeah, like, war vet came back 
and was just like killing everything. And when he came back, he didn't start off that evil. The guy just kind of zombied around, got a bit mm-hmm. violent, took the dad with him. But Gage yeah, came back. Yeah, he just seemed like gross. Gage came back and was just like, my purpose is to murder. Yeah, like, immediately he, he, he knew. He got the scalpel. Yeah. He was evil. He was doing yeah. some spooky main shit so he like slices the shit out of his achilles tendon and then he slices like the corners of his mouth like they just chose like the worst most horrific areas to slice somebody and then my favorite part was so we've got judd like acting his little heart out like this old man is just like and then this this fucking like two like 18 month old who's just like like he, he it was so he cute like, and he like bit in his neck but what i'm just picturing is his mom off camera like ooh, scary face ja- scary face max scary <laughs> scary ah, urr, urr, angry angry like yeah. and then he's just like, he like so he is cute. so cute even when he was so cute. under the bed and his tiny little hand with the scalpel came out i was like oh Good for you. Oh, yay. <laughs> Go, Ja. Go, little he one. Was the cutest thing yeah, I've we ever were seen. we were all happy for Gage. Gage was honestly transformed and he seemed more confident, more living himself, mm-hmm. more mature I was here for now it. that he's back. <laughs> so then uh towny toddler knife fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I just like adding towny. I just think it's funny. So good. So um so mom so then the mom is being called back by pascal the ghost is like come back you have to come back yeah he's definitely hooking her up he's a good guy yeah but then she comes back and uh and she's like gage and he's in his little like interview with the vampire velvet little outfit like hello mommy would you like to play Ah!" and then he just stabs the shit out of her so i guess that pascal was like helping them and trying to get her... I don't know what he thought she would have done. He should have known it was too late. Snapped his her husband out of it. <laughs> well, it was too late. Yeah, he, that... Mm-hmm. Papa was gone the moment he got beat up at a funeral. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he snapped. So... Oh, God. So Mama's in there. So Mom's in there. She's dead. She's dead. I have... There's still bagpipes? No idea what this sound is. I hope it's me. bagpipes. But, so then, very poor player if it is. <laughs> so um, so then Gage gets on the phone, which I love, mm-hmm. calls his dad at the other house. And then he's just like, Gage? And he's like, I played with Judd, and then I played with Mommy. And then I'm like, hmm, so let's see what that's all when about. When the dad woke up, he fell out of the bed in a way that I don't think was acting. I think it was real. I think he was supposed to fall, but he hit the hell out of his face Dude, and then grabbed his he, shoulder. He, <laughs> he ate it. He like, he was laying in this bed and then he like swung his legs left to like get momentum to crack his head against oh, the corner of the nightstand. Painful. And I'm like, Dude. Why? What? No one on earth has ever done that. Like, no one has ever done that. Um, And yeah, and then he noticed that his scalpel is gone, which I thought was hilarious that he keeps his scalpel in a velvet lined box like fucking Sweeney Todd. But why would you have a scalpel for home? Because maybe he does house calls. This is Maine, after all. So you might need to cut shit. uh, (laughs) So then... So then he yells, what did you do? Well, he didn't He's expect like, it. So now, 
The baby is the evil one, which I love. I love that the thing they were all grieving is now like, what did you do with them? God damn it. Mm-hmm. Tell me. And he's just like, so, so then I just wrote revenge movie against gay. Like, so then he goes and then and then kills his the wife cat. is dead and Judd is dead and he kills the cat. And then he has this heartbreaking moment where, he, well, wasn't quite heartbreaking when he's got this toddler on him with a fucking that was, scalpel. And he just threw it down the stairs. Like, it's like, <laughs> with this like two foot tall little doll. And he's little, just like, ah, yeah. uh, ah, eh. and then it's just like, there were, there were a lot of and, fake really bad fake moments like the cat when he killed it he was holding a fake cat for a while and the cat brought him a really fake mouse and the kid was very (laughs) fake like it was just i enjoyed that if it was any more realistic it would have been too upsetting i think which is what i'm hoping the new movie is gonna bring i'm not sure i can handle that but i'm i would be excited for an actual like really good actor to do the main the dad, male yeah. lead. Yeah, that, that would, would be fun. I feel like this would be a super fun role to play. Yeah. At, like, I would. that would be really fun. Yeah. So, so then he has to have this heartbreaking moment where he, like, injects his son in the neck. And then his son's like, no. Yeah. Like, his face is all over the place. And I'm like, yes, little one, acting, acting. You're so good. At back. And then he, and then he goes, no fair. No fair. No fair. I love, I'm like, God, you're a little demon. When he looked at him, it was like an adult, like, no fair. It was so good. He's a yeah, good no little fair. actor. No fair. And then so just like walked away and then just like slumped and died. And then dad's like, here we go. And then just douses the whole house in gasoline, lights it on fire, carries his wife's body away from it and doesn't look back when it explodes. Mm-hmm. And anyone, any reasonable person might assume that would be the end of the movie. Not Stephen. No. He's just like, you may think I've learned my lesson, but I haven't. I'm going to bring back my wife from the dead. <laughs> and then yeah, the ghost, Pascal, yeah. the, the ghost, appears and is like, don't make things worse. This is me telling you, don't make things worse. Me, you, don't. Yeah. And then he's just like, you don't understand. She's fresh. I have nothing to live for anymore. Yeah. And it'll be different now. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So he goes, buries his wife. But then... Um, but then, so I think it takes like 12 hours or something for them to be ready. I think it takes so many, when for it's them midnight, to be cooked. Yeah. They pop up. So then, so he buries the wife and then he's in the kitchen on the or in the bedroom or something. He's, like he's on the floor somewhere. He's in front of the kitchen somewhere. with like cards in front of him. He's playing like solitaire. And then, yeah, he's playing solitaire. And then she walks in and she's got like half a no face. She looks like Two-Face from Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, or wait, is that what he's called? Not Two-Face. What is it? Someone is screaming it right now. Yeah, that's not me. What is it? No, to. I don't know the Batman. Anyway, um, she's missing an eyeball. And and she's like half her face is fucking gone. She's oozing, and then he's like, "My bride." And then they make out, and then she just stabs him to death, which is probably the best way that could have ended. But now she's just rampant. Now she's someone else's problem. Yeah, there's no one to kill her. Yeah, the, the, now she's just end. a demonic fucking demon. Yeah, zombie. And who else knows about it? Who else in the town is old enough and aware of it? Well, what amuses me about this is that I'm like, I wonder if Stephen King keeps setting this in Maine because that's the only place where something like this would happen, and the town would never think to call the authorities. Mm-hmm. 
They'd just be like, well, we handled it. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> we killed the zombie. Uh-huh. So what's the problem? Uh, yeah, it's gone now. Don't bury him up there. Used to have a friend named Judd killed by a zombie toddler. Oh, when he took his bottom jaw, he took like his mouth off. What? When he did he? When the when Lewis like went no, in the I house. think he was just cut. No, he was just covered in blood. No, like part of his bottom mouth was taken off. It was insane. What's the goal here? I don't know. I love I love a zombie with a goal. Mm-hmm. If you're not trying to eat a brain, what are you doing? Focus yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can achieve more than you've ever known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. that has been our discussion of Pet Cemetery. Let's talk about uh, mainness. Very. Five out of five, five out for of five. me. We got They're... a Maine accent. It's actually filmed in Maine. Accents, I checked. Good. Where in Maine? Let me find check. out. It is a small. It was like the boonies. There's also a pair of LL beans. Yes, he's wearing the bean boots. boots. Pet Cemetery. He, they say aya a couple times. Aya. Central scenes filmed in the towns of Hancock and Bangor. <gasps> Bangor, Maine! <laughs> That's awesome. It was very yes. Maine. Very good. And it was super Maine. Based off of a real Maine kind of setup. Definitely. So, so that was good. dope. Uh, Stephen King showed up. So five out of five for yeah. Stephen King cameo. And he actually spoke, which was wonderful. Uh, yeah, Roger was like, is that Stephen? Oh, hell yeah, Stephen. Nobody, nobody, I was watching it with recognized him. They were just like, oh my God, look at this picture. And I was like, that's Stephen. That's Stephen. He wrote it. That's Stephen. Look at this caveman. Yeah, really, like, God, this, these guys, this guy's glasses. And then it's like, nope, that's just him. That's it. <laughs> um... Uh, fear factor, it made me really uncomfortable. I'm yeah. not sure if I was afraid, but it made me very uncomfortable. So I'm going to put that Even as with a the bad acting, four out of five. I had, don't. Yeah. I had moments, me, yeah. Couldn't watch it while I was eating. If it was good acting, Mm-mm. too much. That would be, too, be much. Way too much. Which I'm so I appreciate for. their restraint. Yeah. <laughs> In casting, not that amazing of actors. Yeah. Uh, okay, what, what, what other things do we get? Enjoyability? Fallness. Fallness. I enjoyed it. Oh, I. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as much as someone being thoroughly disgusted can enjoy something. Mm-hmm. Ian fucking loved watching it. Really, I, so fun. Yeah. I was just like, this movie is off the fucking rails. Like this yeah. movie is so crazy. Yeah. It was good. Every yeah. Stephen King movie we've watched for this has been, like, completely different in the vibe it throws. Like, 1408 is just pure, like, I'm trying to scare you Mayhem. with this ghosty room. Needful Things is just good old devils I found with Needful Things and this one kind of similar in the sense that a lot of people just fought with knives. And, um... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's fair. And and just shit just got so much worse. Except yeah, for in this escalate. one, there was like no redeeming. It was just like, no let's all die. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty fun. I enjoy that. Yeah, I so en- enjoyability. For me, three out of five, just because I ha- can't handle gore. Oh, I, I don't like. It was the gore where it wasn't too much for me. I don't know. It was fi- it was special effects, meaning it was real. Like, like mm-hmm. they didn't CGI this shit. Like, this was like those corpses were or the people playing the corpses were like wet with blood like actually yeah. wet oh and it but was when just he like, when he tore into the ankle and the mouth that was a bit much for me 
Yeah. Definitely gross. Mm-hmm. Um, I great. liked it. It was a good movie yeah, at the time. I suggest upsetting. everyone watches it. <laughs> God, that movie. I'll be excited for a chiller option next. Never. <laughs> Never. Never. All right. Uh, if you have a scary story of your own and you've made it this far, congratulations. Good for you. Uh, this is an email to us at letters to camp at gmail.com. You may be featured in our Halloween special. Um, and you can find merch at Redbubble. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And I guess all that's left is for you to have a spooky night filled with restless dreams of haunted things. Bye.